Hey friends, friends, it's Davion. It's Bruce. And, and this, this is, is Oh, That's, that's My Gay, gay friend. friend. Episode number 56. Hello, husband. How are you today? I'm great, husband. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. Welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Essence Festival, because it was popping this past weekend. There you go. Yes. So this is our special holiday episode. Um, seeing how it is for some people, July 4th, uh, weekend just passed. For us, it's just, or some people say 4th of July. For us, it's just July 4th because uh, we celebrate Juneteenth. So some our people also said happy 15 days after Juneteenth for, you know, the 4th of July. So all that to say, this is going to be probably in most most uh, hot topic episodes. Yeah, so. hot topic jam packed episode. So buckle your seat belts. But first, you want to get into those cocktail you orders? Since we've got things on the docket. What it is every week that we do it, we do the same thing. So go ahead and get your cocktail. And while you gather your libation, we will tell you our selection for today and also how we spent our past weekend. So, husband, what are you sipping on tonight? I'm sipping on a nice chill glass of Riesling wine what about you i am having a daytime wine at night there you go just fucking all the shits up you know having a wonderful glass of sauvignon blanc so let's raise these glasses hopefully hopefully you guys have your libation ready so let's toast to a great episode yum 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 so crisp so clean so elegant i feel Mm -hmm. so prestige right now like Gonna talk to the president of the United States or something. I feel like I'm going to talk about my week, but you first. How was your week, (laughs) husband? uh, My week was great. Week was did the thing that it always does. Um, I think I was really excited because I knew Monday, no Tuesday, I would be off Mm -hmm. um, for the holiday, but the week was fine. Um, you know, we did some things we'll talk about later, but my week in general was, was insightful. How about yourself? My week was great. Uh, it was pretty chill, you know, um, like you said, we didn't do anything for the fourth, so nothing on Tuesday. Uh, this week saw me back in the field. My first time working as a visual merchandiser on my feet. In over two years, so my check engine light is aggressively on. Uh. That shit came on with all the other lights, the oil change, the fucking tire change, <laughs> tire pressure. All my lights are on right now. You can't compute. Can't, okay. I cannot compute. I need a hard reset. My uh, computer needs to be reset uh, and my oil changed. But you know what? I'm blessed. I can't complain. Had a well, jam packed. Thank you. Um, had a jam packed weekend. Both of us did. Together, separately, then yeah. together again. <laughs> Just like Jen Jackson's tour, together again. You want to get into it? Yeah, so Friday we actually met up with one of my colleagues and also a fellow podcast listener. A friend, Shout out if to you will. friend. Um, we met up with her and one of her friends who was here from out of town and she's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we went to the Abbey. And right before we got there, she, she sent me a picture of... Her friend and herself, and he had another friend that was with them. And in the picture, I'm like, "Oh my god, that's Michael!" <laughs> just, just off the back. And so 
That being said, it just happened to be a friend uh, that of mine who I've met him and his partner on the gay cruise I went in uh, this past October. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of Mike and Ray Sean, so they're like hella cool. So it's just interesting that her friend from Chicago knew him. They both were from Chicago. One lives here in L.A., and we, he and I happen to be friends and know each other. So, it's just like, fuck, it's L.A., this L.A. gay scene, the black L.A. gay scene. But it was very interesting. So, that was fun to see him and everything. And then you got to meet him because that was the first time you've met him. You've met Rayshawn before, but never mm-hmm. Michael. Mm-hmm. And um, then we had dinner at Pump because Pump... Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant pump in West Hollywood that was open in 2000, I want to say 11 or 12. Yeah. Could have been. Mm-hmm. Is now closed. Um, and so it was their final days. And we went out actually on the last day of Pride, so June 30th. And I thought it'd be a nice farewell for her friend to experience that and also for us to experience the restaurant one last time because when Pump first started, their food was, it was good. At least the the entree we would order was was very tasteful. It was it wasn't until years later it started to kind of go downhill a little bit. Would you say? Uh, they definitely started to cut corners with not only their drinks and the lack of alcohol that was in them, right. but also with the food and the different ingredients. So it was definitely understandable as to why it was closing. No shade, but it is unfortunate that it is because it turned into such a staple and it is or was an absolutely beautiful space. It was, yes. I remember it, it used to be like a little small rinky dink. Um, I think it was like coffee time or it used to be something else that was, I think, like a coffee shop during the day and at night it turned into like a little uh, bar, you know, or cocktail situation, but it had a huge parking lot on the side of it. Lisa turned the parking lot into like an outside garden. That's right. Ambiance, I remember that. That's right. That's right. Um, situation where you you dined and it literally it literally was like a little oasis. She curated that location perfectly. She imported hundred year old olive trees from Italy. Shout out to the uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fans if you remember that episode. But being there, it truly transported you. You didn't. There was no place else in West Hollywood like Pump. It wasn't. And it became a thing. And then, you know, you would see, you know, either her or Ken there, you know, sporadically sometimes. And then also other celebrities will be there too. But when we went Friday, her and Ken happened to be there with a Jiggy, let's say 3.0, because I'm quite sure there's been many Jiggies after he's passed and, and oh, yeah, passed yeah. on. And it was nice. It was it was a it was a somber moment because it was it was nice to see her out and still be about and and lively. Ken just looked like put me out of my fucking misery. Like why am I here? He really is dead and walking. <laughs> he he really like, is. Why am I here? But let's be with the people. I mean, the music was pumping. Like no pumping. The music wasn't pumping. It was blasting so much to the point where we were sitting in front of each other, the four of us at a table, literally yelling. At each other so we could hear what the other one was saying. And even yeah. then it was still like, huh? huh? You have to lean in. It was. Yeah, at first it was fine. And then it went up. Some song came on and it, like the value like went 10 times. I was like, whoa. So I guess they want you to, to feel your pussy. They want you to feel the ambiance. Because it was a nice night. and But it was a, it was a, 
a bittersweet moment. Um, you saw Lisa just in her whole party glory and people taking photos with her. We didn't get photos with her, but you know, we definitely had some footage and, and it was just nice to see. And then two days later, they were actually closed. I think they closed that Sunday. That was the last go around. So I just really want to pump. touch on real quick. Uh, cause I still have some thoughts on pump. Um, the Lisa Vanderpump of it all. Mama looked like the Crypt Keeper. I'm sorry. Hard <laughs> she take. She looked that bad, did she? She was, she looked like she was chiseled out of stone. Like that face is just so hard and she was so pale. And I, I just, I don't know. It. She looks much, she reads much younger on television What's than in real life for me. <laughs> for me in my eyes uh <laughs> she just looks so severe in that moment and i don't think that the dimly lit ambiance but you know that usually that usually would help someone out right but to me she just looked so hard in the face like she just looked so pale and yeah, I just mama needs some color. Maybe when you're losing millions of dollars, you have to shut down the uh, prime location. That can happen. I, I I don't know. Um, it was just nice to kind of to see that they were just in oh, good no, yeah, spirits that was, about everything. No, they they were partying. They were yeah. party rocking out. I think they were the reason why the music got turned up. Ken probably didn't have his hearing aid in, but they <laughs> were definitely enjoying themselves. It wasn't like you know she had a veil on and it was like emotional and crying. Could you imagine she did have one? And like, oh <laughs> my olive trees! No, like they were partying. Yeah, I mean because they they're opening what. Something in Vegas and that something else Vegas. somewhere yeah. else. Like they're good. And the only reason why I think that from reports that we've seen that they're closing the restaurant is because the the rent for that property has gone up a lot, and they were like, it wouldn't make sense for that. And yeah, it's really sad because whoever are the gay white gay men um, higher ups who Illuminati who own that <laughs> West Hollywood property line. Um, yeah, I need to let people of color, some other people in because there's a lot of property that can be utilized and have great gay party spaces because all we now have really is what's Hollywood for anything that is That's homosexual. It. That's it. And, I mean, even for the lesbians, the lesbians don't even have their own spot no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so we need to have better spots, but it's unfortunate, you know, people are money hungry. So Yeah, and better... And better quality spots. That's one thing I will say about Pump. It was a, a higher quality location. Yes. Like, again, the ambiance was perfect. The food may have been trash. The drinks may have been so-so. But the ambiance, that was a very high, high-level um, establishment. So, hopefully, whatever replaces it, which I don't see it being replaced w within a year and a half. No. Because they're going to have to gut everything. All that shit <laughs> and, and there's no, really no more eateries, like dining eateries that's, like, on sunset, on sunset, on Santa Monica, in that square footage of Boys Town, to really sit and eat. They Bossa Nova's closed. I mean, you have Soul Soul is a soulmate, Soul Soul place some shit down the street on Robertson. People rarely go there. But I'm saying on Santa Monica, uh, Pump was a spot to be like, okay, let's meet at Pump, we'll eat, get a little dinner first, and then we're gonna do X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, the Bottega Louis, right? Now. Yeah, Bottega Louis now, um, and Tom Tom, but you know. Uh, exactly. People be there anyway. <laughs> so moving on. So that was Friday night. Yeah. And Saturday we had just a, a 
couples day. That was a fun day. That was a fun day. We started out with your favorite thing, my least favorite thing, which was shopping. And if friends out there, if you know about this small establishment called Bed Bath and Beyond, it is pivotal in our household. And unfortunately, they are closing all of their stores. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment to just, just a moment Bed, of Bath silence for Bed Bath and Beyond. Because we're gonna do it again when they close the doors on July thirty first. But there just, you go, man. So we went to one um, on the west side, one that you are very familiar with. It's the mothership. It's if you know about the west side, it's the mothership on Olympic and Bundy. It's the mothership grand. Poopa. So everything there was 50 to 70% off. And we, you know, said, we, you said, (laughs) hey, Saturday, this is what I'm doing. If you're down, come with me. And I was like, sure. So we set sail, went there, took our time going through absolutely everything. You threw shit in the basket, stuff we didn't need, some stuff we needed, that too. Um, you ended up getting a lot of things that we already had here at the house. You just got like replicas of what I we already have. Say that. I would to that point. But it was it was all in all a successful trip. There were some things that even myself, as not being a big shopper, um, I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is a good deal. This is a cute deal. Um, so I, I definitely recommend you guys, if you need some stuff for the house, if you need some personal toiletries, look you up uh, your local Bed Bath & Beyond because they will be gone. They will be. And it's such a sad situation, speaking of something else that's closing, because for me, Bed Bath & Beyond, Bath & Beyond is life. First of all, you if you are a shopper, you remember the blue coupons you got in the mail, 20% off. You could have a coupon that was seven months old, hell, even a year. They would still take that shit. You know what I'm saying? And then if you was a true shopper like me, you got on the rewards part where they had the website. You could sign up for a year, pay about $20, I think, or maybe 40 and you get unlimited percentages off of your shopping, 20% or more. So it's really sad because if you think about it, every person who has moved to their first apartment or went to college or anything, you went to Bed Bath & Beyond. And the Beyond was the best part because you didn't know what you could find. Like, it was such an amazing fucking store. That is true. The and Beyond it's like, is the best what part. the hell? And so, anything with kitchen applies, like, kitchen applies is my shit. I am a grown-ass man now. I get turned on by kitchen appliances, okay? No matter what the fuck it is, it could be too, from uh, a blender to an espresso machine to a pot and a pan. I'm horny as fuck for the kitchen appliances. So, for me, that was kitchen, that was porn. It was a live porn shop for me. Mm-hmm. And... It's now gone. I have nowhere to go. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what to do with that energy now. So, yes, spent about f- almost $500 in that damn store. But it was good purchases that we had. And I had to do it one more time. And I, I went back <laughs> about two days later to find some more stuff. And I'm going to go back again because I just I just have to take that moment in. Um, but you did good. You did really well because we were in that store for at least maybe two hours yes and by good he means i didn't bitch and complain or just leave (laughs) because i'm not a stay in one store for two hours type of person i'm just not that kind of gay 
<laughs> well, like you say all the time, you're just not that. Kind of, I'm just yeah. not that kind of gay yeah. to be at any establishment for that long, uh, regardless clothing store, grocery store, uh, beyond store. I'm just not. But we, what made it all worth it to me was once we left, you were like, "So what do you want to do now?" I said, "Shit, eat." And where do we go? We found a new, a new sushi spot, Baby. and not only a new sushi spot. A revolving sushi spot. I think we hurt ourselves in that fucking place. Now, if you're not familiar with what this is, you go, you sit down, and literally next to you is a revolving assortment of sushi rolls, hand rolls, crab, just random meats, a cheesecake. Like it just on keeps conveyor belt, on a conveyor around. belt yeah. going around. And all you have to do is just grab the little plate and it's yours. Yep. They tell you what, what's coming up next because they have um, a picture of it with the description of what the sushi is coming. And you grab, like he said, you grab it. It's covered. So you have to use two hands, like a boop, little pop up, grab it, take your yeah. sushi, and eat, eat it. it. <laughs> but the best part is. There's a little dispensary to the right or the left of you while you're sitting, but it's by the conveyor belt, and you just it tells you to slide your plate, and it takes your plate. It's yeah. the funnest. If you have children, it's the best fucking thing because I can see them putting all type of shit down in that little dispensary. Oh no, it's amazing. I'm not gonna tell you where it is because I'm going to gatekeep this, yes. and we don't want our spot blown up. Not at all. But because we went and it was like what a ten minute wait. Yeah, because the guy, I just walked in the door. I was like, hey, you have a, a table for two. And he was like, are you on the list? I'm like, sure. What list are you talking about, sir? And apparently outside the door, outside the door there's an iPad for you to sign up. But he was like, you know what? You guys hang out for a second. Um, and then less than five minutes, we were inside and we were sitting. sitting. Now, when we were leaving, I saw that little digital list. And the wait time was 45 minutes. Yes. So I'm not trying to make it any no, longer no, by no, telling no. you niggas what this place is but just trust me it was good and we ate listen and we hurt ourselves yeah because you again with the pieces that come around it's like maybe two to four pieces right mm -hmm. in, in any type of sushi place you go and so you just get stuff and you just and also if you're hungry you just yeah. like getting things and putting in your mouth and you're eating and talking but you and just then it wanna, doesn't seem like you just want to try stuff right and the service was great. I mean, they were very attentive. I mean, even to the point so there's cool. an iPad, you order your drinks. Like, you don't even have to talk. To, if you don't want to talk to no one, you don't have to. Yes. <laughs> like, you can just go in there and Which sit down. Which is the best. Use the iPad. Order your drinks. Your water. You can call for service to come back to your table if you need them. I mean, it's just the best fucking thing. And I'm, we, I found this place before. But we didn't go to it. But one of my best friends, when I mentioned the name, she was like, oh, shit, I want to try it. I said, well, bitch, you need to go because that motherfucking place is the shit. Okay, it's lit lit. <laughs> so that was fun. And so then after that, we kept, you know, it's like, hey, we have an Asian theme kind of going on. We have uh, some sushi. So it's like, let's go to the movie. You know, we're already out. The kids are home. You know, they haven't eaten, but hey, fuck it. You They're know, fine. We get home. <laughs> They're fine. You know what I mean? And so we went to the AMC and we saw it was a now at once this recording comes out, then it will be opening day for this movie. But we saw a sneak peek of it, and we went to go see Joyride. Guys. <laughs> Guys. I cannot stress to you, regardless of your race, gender, religion, 
cultural differences. Right. Joyride, I will go down and say it, the funniest movie of the year. It is the funniest movie of the year. Absolutely. Like multiple laugh out loud moments. And I think that you really need to see this type of movie in a theater amongst a crowd. Yes. Because to me, that made it even funnier. Yes. There were there were several moments during the movie where people were randomly laughing at shit, which made me laugh. Like it made you laugh. Like it were funny moments. It was funny, great moments. And great moments. I think the the reason why we were it, advertisement has been going on television, but the ladies were on the View, and mm-hmm. we are very um, avid View watchers. And so I can't tell you the cast of the ladies' names, but just. One of the Asian women, she's on the show Emily and Paris. She's Emily's best friend. But the other three, I've never seen them before in mm-hmm. any type of thing. But all that to say, they were on the show. Whoopi and the whole entire cast of the view loved. They were raving about this film. So I'm like, oh shit, if they're talking about it like this much, I want to see this shit. And all I'm going to say is tattoo. There is a tattoo in the movie. And that's all I'm saying because Whoopi said the same shit. And once you see the movie, you get it. And I think it's so important because we always talk about representation and it talks about how Asian culture and how Asian women see themselves and how they are now taking ownership of their sexuality, about the stereotypes against them. And it was interesting to see their perspective on a lot of shit that I can say myself, either I've heard people mention about them or 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 have a um, preconceived notion about their perspectives or and especially around people adopting Asian babies yeah. from America. So it's a really insightful film. And it's fun. Beautiful. It's it it, it it hits on everything. It's like there's emotional connections there. I think as people of color and black people, because black people are I consider different from people of color. Just throwing that out there. But it's so universal to see other cultures yes. but to also see how you can relate your culture can it's like oh similar. shit it's similar yes like we have so many more similarities than we do differences Absolutely. and seeing this movie solidifies that and i think that's why it was so entertaining because there were a lot of moments where i saw my family i saw my group of friends i saw you know relationships that resonate with me and it's again, guys. I we implore you to go see this movie at the theater. Yes. Support this movie so more movies like it can happen. Um, because you know, because honestly, this movie happened because Girls Trip happened. Absolutely, yeah. It really honestly, yeah. And it was moments I'm like, okay, they have you know, it, it X Y and Z just happened. So I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for that Girls Trip's moment. And yes. Again, every fi- every film has the same type of formula. Yeah, it's just plugging different people for it. It's yeah. fine, beat for beat. It was girl strip. It is. It is. But it's still hilarious. It's funny as fuck. Right. It, yeah. It's funny as hell. Like there, it was. Have you ever laughed? And you almost hurt. Yeah. Like it was that type of laughter that we had. That we're not trying to oversell it, but you know, it's a, if you like to laugh and you want a good time with your friends or by yourself. Check out Joyride. Check out Joyride. And because Girls Trip happened, this was able to happen. And who knows, if this is a success, maybe the next one can be four gay guys. Right. Maybe the next one can be, you know, four Latinas or Latinos. Non-binary people. Whoever. Exactly. It just so be a just mix continue of supporting because, like you said, representation matters. Yeah. 
And that was Saturday. <laughs> that so was that, Saturday. She <laughs> came home like, shit, I think I'm tired, but I want to do right. something else. Pooped out. And then Sunday, I worked, and that's that. And then you, <laughs> you, went, you did what? I went to a rooftop with two of our best gal pals. Again, I am gatekeeping the fuck out of this location, and I will not tell you where we went. But it was a beautiful rooftop. Rooftops are kind of like... I feel like that's a, a thing that we are missing out on because, or at least the right ones, because this one we went to was, it was chill, but it was hip and urban, but it was like upscale. It was like a mixture of, you know, families, but not badass kids, but the kids that know how to act right and do their thing. Like they're just in the pool playing with each other. Like the, the sexy mom is like laid out the dad with the dad bod is like watching the kids in the pool but you also have like you know the sexy couple that with no kids and okay. then you had people you know that are just friends like the three of us were it was just a nice mixture of people that want to come out look cute and enjoy their weekend there was a dj playing food going around it was just an all-around vibe. It wasn't none of that foam party, Las Vegas day party shit where, like, Tiesto and loud music and, like, bah, 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 bah. like, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's what? what I mean. That's my type of shit, though. Don't, <laughs> and sleep, that's, on <laughs> Don't sleep on it. Give me my uh, drama me. But, no, like, I, that I will sleep on. It, it, like, that I think is good every now and then for, like, a vacation. For like a let me get away but yeah. i think more of like a staycation like what we experienced on sunday was a really good vibe because it's like you leave and you go home <laughs> like for like the, the the extra turn up i wouldn't want like i would want to do that and go to a hotel room mm. <laughs> like go to a hotel like i don't want to do that and then come home to kids and what you want for dinner <laughs> like let me cook something real let me thaw out something like that's a get away I think this is a perfect staycation type of situation, but it was super cute. It was it was very fun, and that well, was summertime is here. Summertime is I'm here, man. For rooftop, so um, yeah, that was a Sunday, and then you know we had the holiday this week, and that was that was our week. That really, that, and a lot of shit has happened in that time with the oh, people. Yes. Oh, so many hot the topics. Streets. So many hot topics. <laughs> so let's get to this. Burning hot topic that is pressing because it's breaking news, and and I got some just news on that. Say what it is. So at this point, you know, um, I'm gonna preface this by saying that sometimes people have a premonition or they give you a reading about something, and it won't come to, to fruition until about maybe ten, eight years later. I'll say roughly, maybe nine years. It may come to fruition, but all that to say, Kyle Richards and Mauricio from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills are separating after 25 years. A scandal. <laughs> all I see is that psychic bitch right now with her e-cigarette. <sighs> Your husband will never fulfill you. Know that. <laughs> He'll see. never emotionally fulfill you. Know that. <laughs> Look, some uh, people... Some people truly do have gifts. A lot of people, you know, scam and manipulate, 
But there are some people out there that are truly gifted and touched with the gift of foresight. And clearly this bitch is one of them. (laughs) She just likes to eat cigarette and to be messy at dinner parties every now and then. That was the the classic Camille Grammer dinner party. mm -hmm. All the mess came out. Now that, that literally is one of, in my opinion... The top moments of Real Housewives history across yes. any franchise. Absolutely, the dinner party from hell. If Absolutely. you don't know, that, I think that was that the is the name of the okay, that is yeah. the name of the episode. Look it up. Go down memory lane, Peacock. Yep. If you need it, hit us up on Oh That's My Gay Friend Instagram. <laughs> we'll give you our password so you can watch it. Uh, so you can be in the know. But do you know the juice behind this break? No. So that's why we have you here for us. Let's go. What happened? So allegedly, Kyle Richards is in a lesbian relationship. Lesbian relationship! <laughs> Shout out to Mary DeMessa. Um, with a up-and-coming country singer by the name of Morgan Wade. Now they're saying, the streets are saying, the this saying, is man. the reason why her and Mauricio are calling it quits. Because uh, truth be told... Mauricio has been stepping out on Kyle for years, but there's been an arrangement where she doesn't care. He does his thing, allegedly, and she's just been able to keep face and, you know, keep the lifestyle. And, of course, eventually she became more of the breadwinner because of the Real Housewives. And now that she's finally found someone that emotionally fulfills her. Um, she's ready to move on and move onward or move down south and eat some pussy. Now, TikTok has actually done their own investigating. Not wait, who on TikTok has been the streets? <laughs> okay. So apparently Kyle has a new tattoo and Morgan Wade has a new tattoo. Okay, so just to give people some background if you google if you google morgan wade she's um she's a cute girl she has a lot of tattoos so i don't know what new tattoo will be because she has she has a complete sleeve on both arms tattooed to her neck i mean she just i guess she's a she is the equivalent of what you would call a roughneck as a woman as a woman, yes. <laughs> Shout out to you last week saying you wanted a rough <laughs> neck. <laughs> oh, she, she is. Um, yeah, she has guns and everything. She, all right. Well, apparently, on one of those tattoos that Morgan has, it is a brand new tattoo of the letter K. Okay. And TikTokers have investigated the K is in the same font of Kyle Richards' handwriting. You know what? I can't. So they're saying, allegedly, that Kyle wrote the K and Morgan got it tattooed on her. Now, there are pictures of Morgan and Kyle out and about together, but Kyle has gone on record saying that Morgan is just her friend. Right. But, of course, the Housewives fans are obsessed and diabolical. So, this is the information that they've dug deeper and found out about. So, all this is happening around the time where Mauricio and Kyle, you know, announced, or not necessarily announced because People Magazine, People Magazine came out and said that this is happening. Kyle and Mauricio, the very next day, put their own statement out, basically 
refuting claims and saying that this past year has been the roughest in their marriage that we will eventually see on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But something along the lines of, you know, they still love each other and they're still a family, but it wasn't it didn't lean either way. Like, yes, we're getting a divorce or no, we're still together and we're in love. It was kind of like that, you know, murky in between wording. Now, Morgan Wade is 28 to Kyle's 54. A May-December romance. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Nothing at all. It's just the fact that Kyle's oldest daughter is older than your side piece. So Now, word on the curb is that Andy fucking got on the phone and said, get those cameras back fucking out there because the filming has wrapped. Um, Filming wrapped before this information came out. So my understanding, allegedly, that the cameras are back out there getting everyone's reactions, getting everyone's testimonials, and I can't wait. You know it's going to be as soon as the episode, I can already see the shot in my head. They're going to have everybody's OTF and had the ladies they fall, they get the makeup done like breaking oh news. My like God. what? Cows a lesbian. Like I can already see how cause if you know the Bravo universe, this is how they fucking work. They don't steer for their formula. Like I said, there's different formulas all the time. And it's going to be Did you see this? Oh my god. Oh my god. I now we need winner back this season. When what I tell you, I am going to miss Rena's reaction Damn. the most. This is where I need, I need to see Rena's. I need to see Rena looking at her down at her phone with her lips, and then looking back up at the screen, going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and her and Erica having a kiki about. This. Oh, her and Erica sipping Damn wine. It. Bring Rena back. We need Rena back for this one here. Right, just as a friend of just for one episode, just for, just for this shit, just, just for, for this the, shit, just for the scandal, a scandal. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so. You know what? I mean, I hate to see a marriage breakup, right? Anyone who that is, you know, if you already have it, if they had an agreement, because like you said, there's people have been talking about Mauricio stepping out on Kyle and what have you. And again, if you guys have that that dynamic in your relationship, it's all fine. I support whatever you want to do in your for yourself and for your spouse. But for it to come out this way and you have, you know, a little Porsche, that little young lady i'll call her that um what a fast ass oh she seems annoying like she just but yeah she's what 14 now or, or yeah. something like that so i mean you, you know that's your youngest child so you at least think that maybe they'll keep it together until she turns 18 i think know? that's what they're we're trying, they were trying to. to do yeah. <laughs> yeah. just didn't turn out that way but yeah. i hope they work it out you know what I'm saying? i i can't say i do love a kyle and mauricio that type of dynamic, but hey, bring the bitch in, you know. Listen, hey. yeah, it might shake some shit up, you know what I'm saying? And just like that, <laughs> she's got <laughs> her shady like Listen, <laughs> a lot of people have poly marriages now, it's a thing that's going on. I mean, so hey, if if it's gonna make you happy, I say, why not fucking do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. If it makes you, if it happy. Make you happy, if I can talk about it, so but um, wow, that's. Okay, all I hear in my head is right right now is bye, Kyle. <laughs> Goodbye, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Baby, and also LVP. I want to know what her thoughts are about that. I just want to know all the veterans, Brandy Glenn. Like, I need to know 
all the people you know i wonder about this shit i wonder honestly if this is what lisa renna was alluding to when she said at the reunion that kathy told her a bunch of stuff about kyle remember when lisa was like and she said a lot of stuff about you kyle a lot of things that i just i dare I not repeat i don't, I don't even true. want to repeat and i feel like this is it <laughs> i feel like this is it and this is why kathy not coming back yeah kathy saw the writing on the wall she was like oh hell no she was like shit's gonna get real <laughs> like let me go count my money <laughs> I'm on. Let me go Kiki with Latoya Jackson real quick. Right. She was like, uh-uh. Y'all bitches over here doing too much. <laughs> over some tequila. Y'all mad. Right. Over some like, over, shit. Over a few dollars, honey. <laughs> we got a real money problem. Real right. people with money got this type of issue. We eat baked potatoes and caviar, bitch. Over chump change, honey. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that story just has given me life. but Because it's so juicy. It is really juicy and messy. And I think because... Kyle has always been in the center or tried to be in the center of people's shit. Yeah, was without bringing her own shit yeah, to the table. Yeah, and so now kind it's like going to be very interesting to see how the ladies either, one, rally around her and mm-hmm. support, mm-hmm. or two, question, well, bitch, how, how long have you been wanting to lick coochie or get your coochie licked or be a pillow princess or whatever? Like, It's going to be really interesting to see that and how the group really responds to it. You know, because, again, they all have rumors out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and this now takes the focus off of Erica. So, now we now know Erica will not be the focus for this this season besides her show in Vegas. Yeah. Because um, Kyle just trumped these bitches. She was like, you know what? <laughs> do you think this was... Now, my question to you. Do you think this was a calculated move on Kyle's part? To put a little dirt out there on myself to be... To draw more attention because we know the season wraps, so we know people are going to want to be watching this months down the line. I don't think so, honestly, because it if that I would I would say that would be the case if it happened a lot sooner while filming was still happening or while filming was coming to a wrap. But considering filming had stopped completely, it was done. So that's a gamble, right? I mean, I know with something like this, of course. Andy will make the cameras come back out, but that is not for certain, right? That that was a that would be a gamble on her part. And plus, in news like this, you have a fourteen year old daughter, so I don't think that she would want, you know, especially in this day and age where fourteen year olds they are on the internet. Yeah, they know things before you do. Like I'm pretty sure Portia found this information out before fucking Kyle did. She probably went to Kyle and was like, "Mom, what's this?" Is uh, <laughs> showing her her phone. So I don't think. Kyle is while I can bet my bottom dollar that Kyle is thirsty I don't think that she's this thirsty because this is hitting way too close to home and Kyle strikes me as the type that she doesn't like people to see her sweat when it comes to her or her marriage but I asked I posed the question because of Robin Dixon my girl and from Potomac and because that she knew stuff about um, I can't think of her husband's name. Juan. Juan. Certain shit, but she chose not to disclose it. And so, you know, and Andy asked the question, you're on the reality TV show. Why not expose? So I'm just saying the way, the fact that this kind of similarly happened, this has now happened after the filming and now they send cameras back out there to get footage of this. I'm just thinking like, was this a calculated move or, or even a, a bigger question is why now? Like who brought, who made this story come out? Was it, 
because I just saw something about uh, Morgan Wade's ex-girlfriend thought that there was something going on in her and Kyle's relationship or friendship. Mm-hmm. So is it the ex that brought this to light? Like, who is the corporate that brought this to light? Because mm-hmm. clearly, Kyle and Mauricio, people had to be notified to say, hey, we know how Hollywood works. Someone reach out, hey, this, there's a story coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Get ahead of it if you want to. We watch Ray Donovan all the time. Get ahead of it if you want to, mm-hmm. or if not, like, it's going to come out. So, do you want to put something out there? So, I want to know, like, what was the callus that brought this story out? I can see it being the girlfriend of Morgan. Uh, but I honestly don't think that Kyle and Mauricio had anything to do with it. Because it is about, you know, if they wanted to kind of get in front of the narrative, they would have, I feel, these past seasons alluded to something. But... Their story consistently from the very beginning has always been, you know, how ironclad they are, how it's just the two of them. And shit, the, the season finale every single year is their white party. Like, they've always put forth this institution that it's them against the world. Got it. And so I don't see them purposely doing anything that would make us as the viewer question the legitimacy of what they've portrayed purposefully for the past like 14 years okay so yeah i i definitely think that this probably hit blindsided them i expect to see kyle crying and like running out of her closet a few times this season um but i'm here for it and i cannot wait i can't either so next up speaking of of relationship drama kiki palmer and her baby's father is having some issues so you didn't hear about this get a little closer the other night kiki palmer goes to the usher concert not sure if you saw the footage of this but you know every concert he goes up to a celebrity or a random uh, lady in the audience serenades her and that's what usher did to kiki palmer she was excited she being her charismatic self you know recorded it people recorded her and she was wearing this beautiful see-through polka dot number bodysuit dress situation. Now, her baby daddy, Darius Dalton, instead of, you know, talking to his girl, <laughs> the mother of his child, he posts on Twitter, it's the outfit, though. You a mom. <laughs> now... <laughs> That led people on Twitter to come to Kiki's defense. Like, the fuck? How are you policing what a grown woman wears? Like, she looks amazing. She's this. She's that. Like, why are you tripping? Which led him to double down and tweet again. We live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others. And he gets told how much of a hater he is. This is my family and my representation. I have standards and morals to what I believe. I rest my case. He real light skin. He's he light skin. He's a real light skin nigga right now. That's so my skin feelings. The internet completely dragged him. They dug up old tweets, old misogynistic tweets, old tweets. He literally was in. I I don't want to be wrong, but one of the. One of the deaths um, of a black man at the hands of police, he came out and said something along the lines of, like, that's why you need to obey the law. Oh, he's one of those type of niggas. Yes. 
So Twitter, he has since deactivated his Twitter, so Clearly. you can no longer see any of his old tweets <laughs> at all. But yeah, Twitter did some deep diving in Black his Twitter. Black Twitter came for his fucking ass. Um, so what do you think? <laughs> do you think he had merit in his frustration, in his approach, in his feelings? See, so I think that so they're not so let's preference this. Are they married or not married? Are they I believe they're not they're married. They're not married. Okay. That's just the mother of his child. They could be in their in a relationship. Yes, they are in a relationship. In a, okay, so active relationship. Um So my true thoughts. All right. I think that if he had an issue with something and I, I'm trying to get into I'm trying to put my mind in the heterosexual world because the gay world we've never had any type of situation like this, I don't think before. Um, I can't see my, I can't f- think of myself in this type of situation. But if I'm a straight man, thinking, okay, if my spouse or my woman has something on that I felt that was maybe kind of uh, on the scandalous side, or or maybe too, you know, too forthcoming of showing too much skin. I wouldn't go to social media about that to kind of to make comments. That would be more of a private conversation to just say, hey, you know, I understand you're a celebrity and, you know, you have a stylist and all those type of things. But, you know, that just for me, let's think about your child may see this later on in life. This picture of you, is that the image you want to portray out there? You know, um. I think that's I would say if I but again I don't really have an issue with I mean she's a woman you can wear the fuck you want to wear you know what I'm saying so I think if I was pressed like he's pressed about it I think he should have went that route to comment privately instead of going public with this and to put a to, because if you put a comment on social media of course everyone's gonna see it and people are gonna react where you could just could have just said that shit privately to her you know what I'm saying like and again she may have had a stylist who put her in the outfit. And now, of course, she's and she's getting public more publicity now about this because you have now said some negative shit. So now this just kind of backfired on you. You know what I mean? So I think he was inappropriate for saying that. I do feel if he felt a certain way about that, then he should have just did it privately. That's my thoughts. What about you? I think that this is peak insecure nigga shit. I think. L- let me paint the picture because I I'm almost certain it went down this way. His homies probably saw the video, saw pictures, probably comment towards him like, damn, Kiki out there like that. Damn, she looked good. Damn, she looked good after the baby. His insecure ass not being able to handle other people admiring her body, admiring her beauty, even though she's been beautiful way before she got with him. So he went to a public forum to express his insecurity but masking it as you know uh, him wanting to project a certain image for his family instead of saying hey she looked good and a lot of niggas saw her look good and i'm afraid about my status because i'm a nobody and the right somebody may look at her slide her dms and tell her she's beautiful she may come to her senses and leave my nobody ass 
Like it, like to me that it literally is just peak insecure nigga shit. Like what she does with her body and how she expresses herself through clothing has absolutely nothing to do with anyone else on this earth. And for him to think that he has the right, even if he is someone who she loves and shares a child with, is crazy to me. We do not have autonomy over anyone else in this world. You know, but I think also there's, I think I do believe there's a time and place for certain shit. I do believe that. So I do feel if there's something, and also, because I, 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 I have more questions than answers right now. One, I have a question. Sir, where were you? Where were you? Why weren't you with her? Two, if you were with her, like you, then you saw what she was wearing before she left home, right? So, there's a lot of more questions than three. It's so it's it's okay for her to wear that when she's with you, or and not by herself. Like what other things are there? I think that again, if it's something that is completely inappropriate, wearing something like that to fucking church, no, you know what I'm saying. I feel like there's certain. I think there's there are times you can chime in and say, hey. Do you think that's appropriate or whatever? If you feel like there's something, if you're going to a certain type of event and it just doesn't call for that. That was a concert. She She's wearing concert shit to me. That's what it felt like. You know what I'm saying? But if it's somewhere else it, I, if in the environment, I do feel if it's something that looks inappropriate for that environment, you can say something. But, to, but I'm going off topic. Just to your question about what he said and everything like that. Again, you know, you say insecurity, I can see that, but also see the fact I just felt if he felt so strongly about that situation, in my opinion, just have a conversation privately with it. Don't put it when you once you put out social media, then you are allowing yourself to be subjected to other people's thoughts about the way you feel about shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially especially being a celebrity or in a relationship with the celebrity. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope they figure that shit out because Kiki, uh, you bound to that nigga until either one of y'all are deceased or, <laughs> I mean, so, you know, with the child. But um, good luck with that one. Um, but she looked great. She, she she has to me now after she's had the the baby, she is more beautiful now. I think her oh, woman her womanly body and everything is like really popping. And I think I hope that she has the biggest. Turn around and come back. Not, and I don't say come back because she's been doing shit and she has different projects. But I just hope her glow up really happens in a big way. And she mm-hmm. gets that one thing to really take her over to the top to be that girl. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So. So, yeah. But since we have people who have opinions about shit, let's talk about a nigga that uh, not too many people have been talking about lately. But he's been all over um, some gay platforms. And he's a heterosexual male. I'm talking about Gilbert Arenas. Yes, that's what I said. For those who um, are trying to adjust the sound of your radio at this time. Gilbert Arenas, who was a former NBA player. Um, shout out to Eddie, too. He was, you know, same age as me. Same birthday month. He's just like 20, 18 days older than me. But uh, he went to Grant High School. Um, that was one of our rivals. But he has made some statements about the LGBTQ. QIA community and I want to just play a part of his interview he had with someone and he's trying to understand the reason why there's a playbook and 
heterosexual people aren't part of that. So just take a listen, if you guys will, because it's it's kind of cons- it's it. I think it will lead to a great conversation, and I just want to kind of get your perspective. So friends, take a listen. Right, I think it's the most unfair group walking the planet right now. How so? You, they have a playbook that only they are playing by that they can only see. No one else gets to see this playbook, but we're being judged by everything that's in this playbook, but we don't know it. So it's like there's no open dialogue, right? There's no open dialogue about what is appropriate, what's not. We only find out after we fuck up. <laughs> that's unfair, right? That's fucking unfair. You can't do that. You can't, you can't. I, how do I know something's wrong until you give, give, me, give me an example of what you're talking about? Um, just words, phrases, like he, she, it, they, wait, we don't fucking, how do we know you're, you're making it up as you go? And we don't, it's not like, that's what I said, it's not like there's this fucking dictionary of updates and we can sit there and click it and say, all right, oh, I can't say, oh, I can't, they, they took this out, right? They, they added this in, we, we're just learning. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's, un, that's really unfair that you can cancel somebody on a playbook that only you have. They, okay, so... He's basically saying that the LGBT community um, is the most unfair group walking on the planet. And because of, and the, you guys heard his reasoning for that. So, husband, my question to you is, do you think he has some validity in what he's saying? That there's a playbook of rules that we only have and and then people are getting canceled because they, un, they are unaware of how to address someone or be human to another human being who just happened to be part of the LGBTQIA community? I think he's dead wrong. And he speaks the perspective of an ignorant person unwilling to change. An ignorant person unwilling to listen. Because in this day and age, you aren't canceled when you just let things be what they are when someone tells you who they are you respect them as that right you will never be canceled when that happens if you see someone that you perceive as a woman and you say excuse me ma'am oh and that person corrects you and says i'm actually they them and you say i'm sorry and you leave it at that you will not be canceled but if you say well you got tits and you wearing lipstick, so where I come from, then you will be fucking canceled, and you deservedly so. I feel when you are, when you base life on your own personal experience, then you deserve to be canceled because you are not the only person living and maneuvering this life, this world, this country. So, yes, you may have your own perspective, your own background, your own thought processes, but let that be yours. Yours is valid, but the other person's is just as valid. So if they're looking however the fuck they want to look and they're telling you that their pronouns are they, them, or if they're wearing lipstick, nail polish, and a badass lace front and saying that, hey, my pronouns are he, him, then you fucking say, well, uh, thank you, sir, for letting me know 
how to address you and moving past it. So many people are fearful of what change means to them that they're not willing to accept the person who has already come to an understanding that change is inevitable. And he just, he, again, he just sounds like such an ignorant person steeped in fear that I don't, I don't, con I, I don't condone anything that he says. I don't think there's any legitimacy to anything that he's saying. He just sounds like an ignorant ass dude that is trying to make a point to those other people that have very narrow perspectives that he does so he's preaching to his own choir unfortunately and you know people are going to eat it up and say amen brother um while you know secretly calling him a nigger on <laughs> at the kitchen table to uh, their uh, relatives and friends so no what do you think um i think that he comes from an era and we're born in the same year so I come from the same era that and the people before him, and I can only imagine the people who have helped shape who he is as a man, that culture of of toxic masculinity Ooh, amen. and that type of situation where I just go off of visuals and I go off of what I see. And what I see is this. And if you look like this, this is how I categorize you. And not knowing that there have been many people before the word non-binary was around, um, they were doing it. They were just called um, Adronius or um, Adrogynous, you know, um, things of that sort. So I think for him and people like him, they, they're needing more time to catch up with the conversation. And they're reluctant because they're, again, they're viewpoint is my eyes see this but you're telling me that and that doesn't match up to what my eyes are seeing and i think the bigger the bigger conversation is if i tell you this is who i am just believe me and leave it at that and respect me at that because the bottom line it comes down to a respect level and if you respect me as a human, I'm going to respect you. But once you disrespect me, all bets are off and I'm going for your jugular. So if I tell you, like you mentioned, my pronouns are he, him, they, whatever it is I tell you, just respect that and go off of that. But once you start to question, and you can question, you can ask questions. And I don't think there's a problem with asking questions or trying to get an understanding because that's how we learn from each other. And so I don't think there's a secret playbook. And no people, it may seem like people are making shit up though, as the way that they, as they move along in life. Because I even, me as a gay man, it's like, okay, y'all got, how many more fucking legs we want to have now? You know what I'm saying? Like, shit. <laughs> like, okay, is everybody classified now? I know we all want to be seen, so I want to make sure everyone is seen. But can we have a cap on the letters? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm tired <laughs> of saying all of the shit. Um, but I do believe that it just comes down to respect. If I tell you this is who I am, respect that. I respect you. You respect me. And we keep it pushing. If you have questions, I don't have a problem answering your questions or telling you how I got this insight because of who I am. I think that, and I would never know because I'm not a heterosexual person. So I don't know what if, I don't know what it's like to be in the majority of something. My entire life I've been in the, in the minority. You know, I've had 
obstacles my entire life. So I, I can't tell you what it's like to be on the other side of that, to just live in a society where you're okay and people don't, there's no, there's no second guessing of should I hold my, my partner's hand right now or should I kiss my partner or people will snare at me. When you're heterosexual, you just do this shit and you go with it because that's the norm. But for me in my life, I have to make sure, look around, okay, if, if I kiss my husband, going to a, if I see, we meet at a restaurant, if I kiss him, are people going to look and snare? I can't, I have to look at leaving Hollywood Bowl, walking with my husband, can I hold his hand? It should be a thought. There's other people around us, there's other couples, they do it heterosexual, no problem. As a gay man, I have to make sure, if I hold his hand, what motherfucking niggas behind me, who may say some shit, I have to knock the fuck out. Because you may say some homosexual, homophobic shit. That's just the energy I have to always be on. So I don't know what it's like on the other side of, of that coin to be part of the majority not thinking about shit like that. So I that's why I'm, I'm trying to give him grace on his thought process. But at the same time, if I tell you this is who I am, take it at that. It's about respect. So that's my that's my feeling on it. But I thought it was a good a good conversation or a good piece to play so we have a conversation because I do think we do find more in common than difference but we have to be able to have this conversation and be Absolutely. open and we can't as part as the as part of the LGBTQIA community get upset with people who are just saying I just need time I have an uncle one of my uncles is like listen just help me understand it because he's like I just need time like I, I, I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing I don't want to offend nobody and I wholeheartedly do think people do not want to offend people there are some people who are just assholes and it is what it is but I genuinely I literally had one of my uncles who I would you know would never thought not to say he was he's never homophobic but he's just more so like listen I'm from the old school but help me understand what am I supposed to say mm-hmm. you know when I meet a person who's transgender, do I do I ask them or do? And so we've had these conversations before. So I just think that it's just about being human, breaking down the conversation, and all of us just giving each other grace with this at, at this time. I agree, and I think that would have been the case if his argument, Gilbert's argument, was that. But he was someone that was firmly rooted in his beliefs in saying that. You know, our community is the most what unfair. Yeah, now that part of, is the of most being the most unfair community that there unfair is. Unfair group walking the planet's like, well, no, you can't because no, you have to take some accountability because again, you can't just say you well, you can't call people what you want to call them, but there's a consequence. There's consequences with everything. But at the same time, when there's a group like the Ku Klux Klan that have been around for decades, well, that has an established like foundation and an established following to say that the LGBTQIA community is the most unfair when our group is literally just us being ourselves and wanting people to see us as who we introduce ourselves as, as opposed to a community that strictly hates another community for the sake of, on the strength of just them existing right i think that that statement is ignorant i think he is ignorant and i think that he should really second guess the way he uses his platform yeah i I just said you know we're all equal everybody every again everyone wants to be seen everyone wants to be treated with respect 
everyone wants to be seen as an equal player in all this. And it's just take feelings out. We all again, if you fucking you cut me, you cut you, we believe the same fucking blood. It may be different types of them, but it's the same color, and we have the same body makeup. So you know, just. Just work. Just be better. Just be better. And that's all, that's all that you can just say about better. this is just be better. You know, because we're going to kick you. We're going to kick you and carry. Don't get me wrong. But just be better when it comes to interpersonal relationships, especially attacks on people and who they are, because that could be a sensitive situation. But now this next topic is sensitive because I'm about to drag her ass because she's doing some shit that. It looks from the imagery, and I just said that we go off of what we see, right? So what what we are seeing is the laterization of Phaedra Parks. Because Phaedra Parks, former Real Housewives of Atlanta, is now on Married to Medicine. The new episodes are coming up. We don't know. They haven't given us an air date yet. But there's a photo of her with several of the ladies. I think Dr. Jackie, Dr. Um, Heavenly. Uh, some Dr. Simone's in the photo and two other people and Phaedra's in the middle and Phaedra looks light as fuck and Phaedra is a chocolate girl from Athens, Georgia okay and she looks the color of Little Kim because Little Kim was a chocolate girl if you guys don't know Little Kim was chocolate like I'm chocolate she's chocolate and she's now the color of coconut if you cut in open inside. Yeah, I was about to say, coconut actually is a little tan. <laughs> but, um... Did you see the picture of Phaedra? Yeah, you showed me the picture, and you know, I'm just so used to seeing current pictures of Phaedra that my mind, I kind of forgot what she used to look like. Uh, because, you know, Bravo doesn't show reruns of old school Atlanta episodes, and I'm not on Peacock looking at them like that. Yes. It wasn't until you showed me a side-by-side of her, I think, like, her first or second season on Atlanta Housewives and this current picture that you're talking about. And I was like, oh, shit. And the picture will be up on our IG page at Oh, That's My Gay Friend, so please check it out. But it is a big difference. I personally look do whatever you feel makes you feel good um like you said like we just said in the last topic like when you tell us or show us who you are we gotta accept it but my thing is i never understand how celebrity do celebrities do this because it's like there are a plethora of images and video of you looking completely different. Completely so, different. There's no way that you can say, oh, no, I'm just the same. It's like we we have our eyes. We see, we can, and don't we can't see you. the LIGO on this. Like, no, you are, your body, you, your body, you were chocolate. You were chocolate. You were dark chocolate. Okay? Well, I don't think she was that dark But you chocolate. were chocolate. You, was a, you were more than a bright like chocolate, chocolate girl. Chocolate. She was like a milk chocolate. You were a milky chocolatey girl. Okay? Taking money out, cash money out the glove box of your clients as a lawyer. In a parking lot. In a parking lot. Now you have blonde hair, blonde wigs, and your hue, you're trying to be the color of Robert Dixon. I'm so, like, I don't understand the problem. I, I, what is the problem? What is the problem? I think the problem is a lot of darker hue people don't think that they're beautiful and they are like sammy sosa oh my gosh he used to be so cute 
And now he just looks like a slice of uncooked bacon. Chicken. Like the, like chicken. Yeah, he raw looks chicken. like raw chicken. Like I don't it it it's just unfortunate. And you know, we just gotta stop as a community, as a black community, because it mainly comes from the black community. Separating light skin from dark skin and telling people you're so attractive for dark skin girls. Yes. You're so pretty for a dark skin girl. You're so handsome for a dark skin like we have to stop it. It's coming it the, the call is coming from inside the house, honestly. I think we as a black community are the worst at that crab in a barrel mentality. Absolutely. And it's starting to I mean it happens all over the place, but it's just so you know, it's just so jarring when you see it with celebrity because you you can see it happen in real time. Like when you showed me that picture, I was like, damn, she there's no, no denying because it. Because I got I got upset. I was like, okay, what the fuck is going on? And then there was like multiple pictures. And don't get me wrong, I know lighting can play a lot of parts and we all every, everyone wants to have the perfect light. I get it. I take pictures in the sun so my chocolate is showing us like bam, okay, cool. But I if I become lighter, start questioning some shit, okay? Because there's a medical condition going on. Like, there's creams that people purchase in Africa, Jamaica, to make their skin lighter. There are people who paint their face. Body is dark as all get out, but their face is light as fuck because they want to appear to be light because they think light is right. It was so visibly, it was so visibly obvious with Phaedra photo. I'm like, who the fuck is she? Because I don't know this person. And that's why I had to show you. The, oh, like, this was Fei-Fei before. This new bar, I don't know who she is. But she on her little Kim shit. And it, 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 if, you, if you need that for yourself to feel great, by all means, do it. But, you know, you do it, you're doing it in the public. And we all have... Well, I have an opinion. Fuck we all. I have an opinion. I think that it's sending the wrong message to a young black little girls and boys to, to think that their skin is something that's ugly or something that is unattractive or something that's not as equ equivalent as their counterparts so yeah yeah it's it's just it's just sad to see but we we it took my girl Julie from Philly to kind of just bring up this episode especially after this topic because Essence Festival, like we mentioned earlier at the top of the show, was this past weekend. And we went to Essence, I want to say maybe three, year, four years ago. Such a good time. I'm, I'm, I want to get back. I it go was back. a really good time. Jenna was the headliner at that time. So, of course, we had to show off a mother. And this year's headliner, we don't, I don't know who it was. But we do know that Jilly from Philly, Jill Scott, was there. And she sung, uh, which I think is the perfect uh, anthem, the national anthem. But she did it her her a rendition of it, I think the black people way. And we're gonna play a, a piece of it. We're not gonna play the whole thing because it's about it's about two minutes and thirty seven seconds long. But you can find the whole clip on YouTube. But I do want to read some of the lyrics. She she changed the lyrics up. But here is a snippet of the song, you guys. Oh, say can you?
So we went ahead and just played the whole song because I felt like it was uh, the spirit hit me and I felt like we need to really hear that. But I wanted to pull up the actual lyrics that Mama is singing because it was really important. So just listen to that, husband. How did you feel about Jill's national anthem? I think that she needs to record it and like make it an actual <laughs> downloadable track because I think that if there's anything. That's more pertinent now. It would be that. Yeah. So she changed the lyrics. And I'm going to read the lyrics now. So she says, Oh, say, can you see by the blood in the streets? This place doesn't smile on you, colored child. Whose blood built this land with sweat in their hands, but will die in this place and your memory erased. Oh, say, does this true truth hold any weight? This is not the land of the free, but the home of the slaves. I she is a poet. No, she and truly I miss is. No, she truly is. Artistry who who do shit like this. Like we saw her live two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And she talked about live reach and she just she she is one of my favorite live artists ever. But the fact that she just did this poetry, she wrote that to the melody of the national anthem, which if we know the true anthem, the second verse is hella racist. It talks about slavery and shit. And so it's a situation where I was so I was so elated to to to, to see this that she was able to to do this version and did it flawlessly. She did it amazingly and there are people who, you know, it sparked some some backlash. But, hey, it, any type of true art does that. It sparks some feelings inside the people. And for her to do it at, at Essence, you know, again, it's, it's for us, by us. And she was speaking to each person who was a person of color, a black person there, being represented. She was just basically saying... All of the things that we feel, 
You know, this land was not created for us. We built this land. We know this. We know the history. We know all of the things. And she's just basically saying, like, listen, we st there's still work to do. And I thought it was amazing. I think that true musicianship and artistry, it is a reflection of the times. And I think that there's only been, you know, a handful of singers, songwriters that do that, that impeccably. Like, Jill Scott is on her Nina Simone shit right now. Like, I really think she needs to go into the studio and record that and let people buy it. And... Like, how does one mind come up with these lyrics? Like, the fact that she... I want to read them again. Because it's just so powerful. <laughs> no, because it's just... Oh, say, can you see by the blood in these streets? This place wasn't... This place doesn't smell on you colored child. Like, who comes up with that? I mean, it it is... It's, it's beautiful. A, a, a talented person comes up with that. And we all know that Jill Scott is extremely talented. She... Her, you know, at her core, she is a poet. She's, you know, uh, I, I honestly think that she's a poet first and then a singer Absolutely. secondary. Absolutely. And this just goes to show that. Um, I really wish I could have experienced that, you know, live because that is definitely, I think, a moment that will ultimately go down in the history books. But see, and I want to continue on and talk about what you and build up, piggyback what you said. But whose blood built this land with sweat in their hands, but will die in this place in your memory erased? She's talking about Ron DeSantis. Like, she's she's bringing it to present shit because it's still mm -hmm. happening right now. The Don't Say Gay Bill. The shit about trying to erase race, uh, the history or trying to whitewash the American history to say that, oh, well, slavery was so long ago. Like, you guys shouldn't fucking care about it no more. Like, Oh, say, does this truth hold any weight? This is the land. This is not the land of the free, but the home of the slaves. Like, I'm just still in awe by the lyrics that she wrote. And I really want to dissect that. And I, I wish that that was, I wish I was back in school and in Pan-African Study class to discuss this and to really dive into this um, at CSUN. Shout out to CSUN. Um, but to talk about what you mentioned about being there at Essence, see, I hope it resonated with people, but you know, you there was probably a lot of people fucked up. You know, it's essence. You want the groove on and be a little tipsy. So I hope I don't know if the ears heard it the way that it was intended for them to be heard. I hope they did. But, I mean, you know, we can only we can only assume and hope that that it happened that way. Right. I'm just but I'm just saying, like you know, because I remember being, as we was all fucked up. So if you, if she said this, I would you know pay attention to the. The words she was saying, but you guys check it out on YouTube. It was a powerful moment. I think it's it's beautiful artistry at its finest, and she is a poet. And she, Julie from Philly, you you just you outdone yourself again. Yes. So to round out this hot topics episode, we saw something that we think that is powerful was entertaining and was really big on the information. Um, we watched a documentary on Max uh, this past week called The Stroll. Yes. Now, it focused on 
the stories of trans women in New York, specifically the Meatpacking District, that had to turn to sex work to survive. Now, this was a story brought to you by a former sex worker, trans woman. She was, uh, she headed this documentary. So I feel like it is the most authentic telling of the sex work experience because it doesn't, it honestly, it was a beautiful documentary because it doesn't focus on the trauma and the tragedy. It showed, it, it did show that, it did have stories of, you know, of, of tragic moments because that's what sex work at times, especially in the 80s and the 90s was, but it also showed the sisterhood and the camaraderie amongst these girls that had each other's back, that came up together and formed their own chosen family because their families kicked them out once they, you know, shared who they were and made the choice to not be afraid and be themselves. It, it, it's a really beautiful, it's a beautiful documentary. Again, it's on Max and it's called The Stroll. What did you think of of the documentary? Yeah, it was it was beautiful. Um, I just happened to come across it, and for you guys who don't know what Max is, it was formerly known as HBO Max, so they just shortened it now to Max now. So if you guys have it, if you have HBO, you should have it's a free streaming app you can get, download it, check it out. But I love the fact that the principal person, uh, I can't think of the, the lady's name, but she was, this project piggybacked off of a project she was part of in 2005. Mm -hmm. And they there was some filmmakers who wanted to know about her life and her as a sex worker and a trans woman. And that started her to want to become a, a filmmaker. And so that's what, she, that's what she started. And she wanted to talk to her fellow ladies of the night sex workers and tell their story and i love the fact that like you said it's very authentic it, it's come you hear it right from the horse's mouth and what i found interesting was that they had photos to go along with their to archive their the life which made me want to take more photos to archives shit in life because yeah i'm like wow like who would have even thought you know you guys are having video footage of the ladies actually going up and working, you know, walking to the cars and and sucking dick in in the car that we saw the girls getting down, sucking dick, getting fucked. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was. I just thought that was a beautiful situation, even to the point that there was a cameo with RuPaul in it. You know, RuPaul wasn't working the 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 nightlife, but he was there. It was had to be early '90s because it was it was a different Ru, different voice, different. Look, everything. Yeah, in a satirical capacity. Right. Like talking about the girls. Yeah, me and the girls. And, you know, they were just looking at... And it's just... A, and I think if if the fucking girls on Drag Race are fucking smart, they would watch this, take take heed to what the fuck Rue was wearing, and recreate that moment for him. But I, that's I, that's neither here nor there. But um, it was just interesting to even see that footage and to just see how raw it was, you know? And so... I loved it. I it it kind of was a throwback to 
the HBO show um, Taxi Taxi Cab Confessions. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember one particular episode. There was a guy in the taxi cab, and he was he wanted the taxi to drive around the stroll. You know what I'm saying? And like pick up a trans girl at that time. Back then they called them trannies. I wonder if that on Max. I would fucking Listen, watch taxi, that shit tonight. Taxi Cab Confessions was my motherfucking shit. It was everybody's. Shit. It was my shit. Put so, my finger on previous, just in case my parents walked in and all. You're not getting me. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. But it, it had that raw... F- I mean, knowing now how TV, television works and everything, it's like, well, was it really raw? But at that time, it seemed raw. Oh, you know, it seemed very it absolutely authentic, was 90, right? It was raw. Right. So it just... But it had the type of feel to it, the, the vintage footage, the footage that they were showing. So if you guys are into documentaries, uh, if you want to know about the stroll, and, and also now to see what the meat market district looks like, and to even have the girls go back to the piers, and a lot of this references came from the show Pose, and, and the kids going to the pier and being safe and sleeping out there, and like you said, building a, a community, and now the people who are residents there don't even know what that was 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Knew nothing about it. I have no idea what they, they're, where they're living in right now. And, and fun fact, interestingly enough, it started from Sex in the City, the episode where Samantha moved to the meatpacking district. Yeah. That kind of started the gentrification process. And now the meatpacking district is nothing of totally what different. it was. And they show you... Literally, in some spots, some streets, some buildings, how it was in the 80s and 90s and how it is now. And it's a stark contrast. It is. To the point where the ladies were even, they they, they went back over there and they're like, oh, this needs to be blah, blah, blah. They're like, some people were like, I don't even know, this doesn't even feel like home anymore. They're like, I don't even know these streets, you know, like. So, it's it's a sad it's a beautiful documentary. I would say that. I that's felt beautiful. That's the perfect way. It's to a beautiful it. documentary, and also it just shows you, and it, it shows how trans visibility needs to be more woven into the LGBTQIA community because they've always been at the forefront of, of everything. Marsha, they P. really Johnson. have. They really, and, and I, I, as a gay man, I, I can say myself because there are times where. I'm in places, and I just want gay men to be there. I don't want no mm-hmm. woman around. I just want all fucking men to be there. Mm-hmm. And there are times for that. I feel like I think that the issue with some gay men and trans women is because typically gay men aren't attracted to trans women. There are some gay men who are who are bisexual, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you're gay men. You don't want anything to do with a woman, right? So, um, there's been that type of brother and sister rivalry if you will I will say I mean and you can talk to y'all in this experience if you have any with this or if you know there's anything in the community but for the most part when we go out we don't really see too many trans women at the establishments that we go to don't get me wrong they are out there don't get me wrong but I just know and I can think back in my my back in my whole days and partying days when the girls were only time you would see them would be in the ballroom scene and that's when it was acceptable and then you saw they had that light of celebrity type situation kind of going on, but um, we just need to be better with protecting them 
advocating for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And being there for them. Even trans men. But I'm 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 specifically talking trans women because they have again They're the most prosec- prosecuted. They're the most yeah. attacked. They're the most killed. Yeah. And to be completely honest for you friends out there that do not know, Pride Month, Pride season is specifically because of a black trans woman. Yep. That's how it started. That's how it started. If it wasn't for a black trans woman, there would be no Pride Month in the month of June. There will be no Pride parades across the country. And this is not me exaggerating. This is literally facts. Gay history. Gay history. No, this is American history. Yeah. Like Marsha P. Johnson is the reason for for Pride. Pride, For Gay Pride Month. Know that. If you don't know who she is... Google her, look her up because it is accessible. And if you want to be an advocate and you want to, you know, be uh, an ally, ally, yeah, you have to, you have to know this. But what I loved also in this, they also show footage, uh, footage I've never seen the Marsha before. Yeah, um, out of drag, out of I don't say out of drag because I don't want to say she was drag, but with not all done up, yeah. right? Um, I. I would think back then she would may, may say, I would say geesh. So she was out of geesh. Typical images geesh. that you don't normally see of her is. Yeah, she was out of geesh. She wasn't in geesh. And so it, it was just very nice to see that and, and to hear her voice and to, to see all the things and also see the other pioneers who were along with her. Sylvia, I can't think of her last name, but on the forefront of, of everything. So, um, Definitely check out Stroll if you guys are into, if you're a history buff or just little documentaries about learning shit. Stroll was a really easy, easy. film to follow. Really Super simple easy. to follow. Um, and it just makes you appreciate human life and people experiences. And just knowing that you think you have shit hard. There's people who have shit harder. So... You know, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to rewatch Stroll again. I don't know when, but I, I feel like I need to rewatch it because there were just so many great moments of it. It was so many great moments, and I honestly think it needs to be group watching. Like, I feel like it is, you know, as a black gay couple, we have so many friends that are advocates and that so many friends that aren't black and gay, you know? Right. And I feel like we need to... When it comes to stuff like this, like we need to have this as like mandatory viewing. Yep. The way we'd have housewives viewing parties, the way we would have, you know, viewing parties for other bullshit. I feel like we need to have viewing parties for stuff like this to really appreciate our history. Yep. So they can understand why we go up so much in the month of June, why we talk about pride so fucking much, why we go to other cities specifically for pride in June. Yep. So it's like you can understand, you know, this is, we don't have the luxuries that you do. No. And, you know, this is something that you, I feel, should really be knowledgeable about and understand why we are so excited about certain things and why we, you know, turn up about certain things and why 
it is so important to fucking vote and not third party. <laughs> it's so whole, important to vote. <laughs> that's, we're going to leave it there. That's a whole other situation. Yeah. But our hot topics holiday episode, you guys, are... It's coming to a wrap. We're we're wrapping up. There is no reality roundup. We would do nope. that next week because a lot of the shows were on hiatus. And so, therefore, we'll talk about them bitches when they come back. This was a good episode. It was a very good it was. It, we were on our The View Hot Topics hour. We shit, were really you know on our... We, we got a chance to relax. I, I didn't feel so neurotic because usually, as a produce, as the producer, I'm literally always looking at the time, looking at our list of topics. Yeah. I'm always like low-key poking you to like <laughs> move so on. we can right. move on move on move on move on so we won't have like a three-hour episode yeah. but i like this this is nice yeah it, it's, it's sometimes you gotta take a break i know? got a and second glass a nice of wine break. this was nice yeah it was a nice break so friends out there we hope you enjoyed this this episode as as much as we love recording it we want to thank you guys for always tuning in with us each week um you know it's been a fun ride. We aren't going anywhere. Like I said, we have a lot of things coming up. We just have to make them happen, and they are going to happen. So keep waiting, but keep listening, keep subscribing, keep putting great reviews or bad ones out there if you guys don't like our show. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. Let's focus on the good. I want this. I want. To, I want to be authentic as hell. So if you love us, five stars. If you don't. Put it out there too. You know what I'm saying? It's learning curve, right? But we want to thank you for tuning into this episode. Um, you have given us an hour and a half of your time. You have 23 more hours to be with yourself. So be kind. I always say talk to a neighbor, but maybe talk to a stranger in the elevator. You know, just say hi. Or maybe, you know, pass gas in the elevator and then close the door. Okay, time to wrap up this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I had to change it up. But friends, we want to appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And until next time, bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen, did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? <laughs> this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends.